Presented by Kamiuk Ukulele Magazine, this is Ukulele Stories. This episode is brought to you by Carla. No instrument has had an effect on ukulele music quite like the Carla U-Bass. Since its introduction in 2008, the U-Bass has grabbed the attention of bass players and media alike. Bass Player Magazine praised the original U-Bass for its colossal low end and huge fun factor. The acoustic electric U-Bass features a custom shadow pickup and EQ with built-in tuner to dial in the sonic boom. Originally designed as a baritone ukulele with bass strings, the Carla U-Bass has evolved into the perfect bass instrument for ukulele groups and as a handy bass guitar in the wider musical community. Today, the Carla U-Bass range features models made from solid mahogany, solid spruce top, exotic mahogany, striped ebony, and the recently introduced journeyman, passenger, and wanderer basses. Players can now choose from the original polyurethane strings, which mimic the feel of an upright bass, and round-wound metal strings, which deliver a sharp, trebly tone. Whatever the model, there's now a Carla U-Bass to suit every bass player. Check them out at your local Carla dealer. Hello, I'm Cameron Murray, and welcome to Episode 6 of Ukulele Stories. Based in the beautiful coastal town of Byron Bay in southeastern Australia, Bobby Alou is as friendly and laid-back as his tropical-flavoured music. His Samoan mother taught him to play the ukulele early on, and he then dedicated himself to mastering traditional Samoan log drums, which led to an opportunity to perform with Xavier Rudd for five years. I caught up with Bobby shortly before he set off on an international tour, and we chatted about ukes, the challenges of the modern music business, and trying to find your flow in every day. So pour yourself an ice-cold beer or maybe a cup of tea, kick back and relax as you listen to what I found to be a really enjoyable conversation. Bobby, nice to, uh, well, kind of meet you on the air. Yeah, good to uh, meet you as well. Thanks for having me. Of course, absolutely. We'll get straight into it then. I like to start, often like to start with a little bit of history, and I've done a little bit of research, and I obviously know that your mum is Samoan. Yes. And uh, that she actually taught you to play the uke. Uh, When did that happen? Sort of how old were you? Uh, I was pretty young. I remember getting shown, like, I must have been five or even younger, um, because, yeah, that was her instrument. Um, you know, and I, and I really feel like she kind of, when she moved to Australia from Samoa, you know, music and, and dance was her connection to home. And so, you know, having a new baby, just kind of there, I think, you know, a lot of the time that she spent with me, she was either singing or, or, you know, teaching me to play. So basically, you know, that was, for me, there was always a ukulele around and, and that's kind of, yeah, that's how I learned to play. Yeah, right. Do you remember the first uh, song you learned to play? Yeah, it was a um it was one called Siva Maya, which is an old Samoan song. And uh it's it's just uh three chords and yeah, I, I remember that, you know, the good thing about Samoan music is most of all the songs are pretty much the same three chords. Um you know, they <laughs> just uh you know, the, I think the ukulele just kind of provides a vessel for them to you know, a lot of it, a lot of it's about community singing, and so, yeah, it doesn't really. When you don't make it that complicated, then it doesn't need to be fancy. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people can join and join in and uh, enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I didn't really pick that up. I always just thought that, um, you know, I was like, wow, well, how does my uncle know all these songs? And they just launch into song and song, and then, yeah. As I got a little bit older, I realized he's just playing the same thing. So, uh, so that was pretty handy. And, and, you know, I really, 
that was really a big you know i'm realizing as i'm getting older again that that was such a huge foundation for me um musically is just that sort of simple playing and that um community kind of aspect to songs uh, does samoan music have a, a certain signature a sort of flavor of its own yeah i think it does it's um you know they do this thing called the ingi which is the start of the song and most songs start the same and they've got this kind of this pace and this this kind of yeah just this strum sort of to it and um yeah I, I think it's really cool i love i love the fact that it's got such an identity and and polynesians you know not only Samoans, but polynesians are so proud of their culture and their you know it's so strong so i think the music in all these islands and in the yeah, the music in Samoa really kind of has that strength and and consistency that people connect with so yeah I, I believe it does have a sound yeah well that sort of uh, really links into my next question which was how closely is Samoan music related to other Polynesian music such as Hawaiian yeah I re- there are some huge similarities and you know like when I was younger and my mum was in this dance group she was it was it wasn't a Samoan dance group it was a Polynesian uh, dance group and they had a lot of different people from different countries there was Rarotongans there there was a Fijian and a um and a Hawaiian and some Maldives and so they brought all their different dances and music together and it fit, fit quite nicely even though they're all they've all got their signature and they're all quite different um they all sort of blend easy easily and yeah if you kind of go back further and further you know they were just they were trading you know from boat to boat for a long time so there's no doubt that the music was influencing but yeah like you know the same there's a similar pace in Samoan and Hawaiian music and even some of the Cook Cook Island sort of songs are quite similar um I find the singing style is really different which is really interesting as well like um you know Fiji and Samoa aren't too far apart but you know, I find that the Fijian music is is really quite different, and they um they do a lot of stuff in three, you know, in three beats. Whereas they're the only people in the Pacific to do that, which is which is strange and and amazing as well. Uh, have you ever been to Hawaii and performed or jammed over there? I have actually. Yeah, I um you know for a long time for five years I toured and played drums for Xavier Rudd and that was an amazing experience um and you know a lot of the time actually you know he loved my music and he was really supportive so he sort of would always suggest I you should open the shows so I got to play all around the world um and my first ever international show was actually in Hawaii in Maui at the Maui um cultural center and uh you know the support act hadn't actually wasn't going to make it in time for a visa issue and i found out the day before they just said oh look can you do a set and i was like oh yeah i'd love to and i didn't uh yeah i was like yeah for sure and i didn't have a ukulele with me because i was playing drums so i hired a scooter and went to um a yeah this ukulele store called mele ukuleles on maui and yeah went in and bought the um i got a mahogany baritone ukulele with a pickup in it and then i put it on my back and i was back on the freeway on my scooter and uh which was a bit sketchy but you know made it and then yeah and then i performed the gig and it was just um yeah it went really well and uh it was yeah it was a beautiful kind of um, moment for me feel pretty lucky 
Well, yeah, luckily you were in uh, exactly the right place to get a uke. Exactly. It would have been different <laughs> if I was in, you know, Utah or somewhere. <laughs> yeah. A bit different, yep. Uh, you mentioned uh, your drumming there, and uh, I came across the term log drumming, and I, I don't know what log drumming is. Can you explain it? Sure. Well, uh, again, a Polynesian um, kind of attribute, they have a lot of the different islands have, uh, yeah, a lot of log drumming, which is basically the drum is, you know, a hollowed out piece of wood. They hit with sticks and it kind of, you know, the deeper, the if there's a more resonant chamber, then it's kind of a deeper sound. And there's all these sort of log rhythms from all over the Pacific that, um, yeah, that kind of shine through. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of been part, a big part of my sound and my music as well, um, is having these, lo- these log drums. And, you know, I, I when I play a conventional drum kit with people, I have a log drum set up on the drums so it's sort of it's really become a signature in my sound and um yeah it's something i grew up with again you know um, my mum when she was a dancer she did a lot of polynesian tahitian style dancing to the log drums so you know that's what i grew up with is a log drum in one hand and a ukulele in the other oh interesting uh, now did you always want to be a musician then well no i didn't it wasn't something that i sort of pursued or or I was really focused on, um, you know, it was just always there. So, you know, looking back when I was at high school, I was really into sport and, of course, the, the pressure of, of trying to perform in in high school and get good grades and that. And so whenever I need a break or whenever I wanted to take some time out, I'd, you know, play guitar or I'd play ukulele or like I just that was just what I did but it was not something that I thought would be you know essentially a career or something I could do full time and um yeah it sort of just dawned on me a bit later when I was kind of a bit lost in my early 20s um you know yeah I realized that you know I felt empowered to do try something that I loved and yeah luckily I I um it just kind of the penny dropped and I thought oh far out I could do this music thing and here we are now here I am talking to you. Absolutely, right? Uh, what were you actually thinking of doing then when uh, you were in school? When I was in school, well, I had this real focus on sport and, um, you know, I kind of at one stage I was trying to be a track sprinter, you know, like a represent Australia in sprinting. And uh, to tell you the truth, it was really hard. You know, I think when you're in high school and there's all this pressure to just kind of figure out your life and push into something like it's too much pressure and to tell you the truth I really wasn't ready for all that I, I had no idea what I wanted and um yeah it took me a while to kind of really find my groove and find out what I wanted to do but um you know I actually started an engineering degree after high school just kind of be well kind of because people just said you could get a lot of money <laughs> and it was like a it was a good job to have and you know, I, I kind of, you know, I didn't really, I had a little bit of interest, but it was a bit forced. And it was actually through that that degree, um, you know, I actually took a music elective, which is, yeah, which is like, I don't know, it was, sounded a bit ridiculous. You know, it was like, I did engineering, but you had space for one elective. And then I found this music course, like, um, that it was like a music, um, I think it was like something to do with recording or 
you know, had the word engineering in it, audio engineering. So I was like, oh yeah, I could probably do that. And they approved it. And then I found that I was so much more interested in that one hour a week than any of the other time. So um, yeah, it, was, it became pretty clear to me that my passion and my love was for music, anything music related. So yeah, I feel like if you're passionate about something, you'll just give it more time and more energy. So that was kind of your how you got started in the music business then through the engineering side. Yeah, it was. It was actually. It was just kind of that spark of like, you know what, this this music lights me up. And um, yeah, it started a pretty sort of long journey and um, one that I'm really stoked to be a part of. Uh, you've written some uh, really beautiful songs. Uh, what influences your songwriting? Uh, at the moment, it's stories and... and um, like inspiration basically from from traveling and and from you know these different situations that kind of arise in in our life or in my life um the last this out i've just written an album and it's all about flow and uh basically it sort of addresses you know when you see someone like absolutely engaged in what they're doing and it could be anything like a, a bricklayer or a basketballer or a surfer or someone at a coffee machine like it's just it's just like when they're in the zone and there's you can see them there's nothing in their head and they're just kind of flowing they're just in this you know free flow. In the moment yeah in the moment and i really like i really love that and i love watching people in their flow and it really doesn't matter what you're doing it's just the act of being present and being relaxed and just really in the zone um and i think you know it inspires me when i see someone like that it inspires me to find mine and you know some days are awesome you wake up you know you just wake up and the day flows right you know everything seems to fall into place and then other days it doesn't. Some some days are really hard. And it's even the same when you're playing your instrument. Sometimes you're just like, oh yeah, this is coming together really quickly. And then other times it's like, I just can't get my fingers working. And, you know, it really fascinates me why that happens and why it doesn't. And I feel like there's all sorts of things that you can manipulate and you can do just to help you kind of get your flow back. And um, so, yeah, I basically wrote a collection of songs about this, about when it's good, when it's bad and the realization that you kind of need all of it really you need bad flow you need to experience bad flow to know to get the flow back again you know so it's sort of all Mm. all connected and um yeah that's kind of been my focus and on my mind so that's pretty much what i've been writing about apart from music then how do you attempt at least to get back into that flow do you meditate do you what else do you do yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I have been thinking about that a lot lately. Uh, well, yeah, I like to, um, you know, I live in Byron Bay, which is was a choice that um, I made because it's such a beautiful and beautiful place and it really encourages, like, to be calm. And I think that's, re- for me, at this time in my life, it's really important that I have that because, you know, when you're touring a lot, it gets pretty hectic, you know, like I'm about to start, I've got 40 shows coming up um, and yeah, next week I'll go to Brisbane. I've got two shows in Brisbane and I finish my show at like midnight and then the next morning I fly to LA and then literally the next day I've got a show in Denver and Colorado and then the tour just hammers on and we travel all through the States and the last one, um, the last week's like in Canada and 
yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. So, you know, because just to counteract that fast movement, you know, I really need to live in a place that's slow and just kind of encourages me to take my time and, you know, like go to the beach and, you know, meditate on the beach or just go for a long walk and, you know, hang out socially with friends, just kind of find that balance. But yeah, I guess, you know, like I'm still trying to find those things that really make me slow down and just kind of balance life out um at the moment the best thing for me to do when it gets all a bit overwhelming is just take one long breath you know like just get the oxygen in the lungs just take like a stop take a huge deep breath and just sort of like all right you know like just kind of get it together so Um, reset yourself yeah a bit of reset is is good Mm. um i also like to play darts that's a good one oh really yeah are you good no, I'm not. I just like <laughs> I like trying to get good and just sort of, you know, I find after a round, I'm like, oh, wow. I think if you could do something in your life that makes you think about just that thing and you've got nothing else in your head, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not a very good surfer, but, you know, when I am in the water surfing, it's just like I get out of the water, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't think about anything but surfing for the last hour. Right. You know, I think those those things are really valuable in your life because you know it's you we get so overwhelmed so quickly if you can just have that one thing that means that you're just in the moment you know whether it's horse riding or you know beekeeping or whatever it doesn't actually matter like for me those those things like it doesn't matter what the outcome is it doesn't matter whether you're good or whether you're bad at it it just matters that you took some time out and you were just present in that one thing it, it gives your mind a break that's what i reckon yeah, sort of narrowing your focus. Yeah, totally. And yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, that actually is really good for, you know, practicing or if you are, you know, trying to get better in your instrument or a language or something, it's like that's the real power is just focusing on that one thing and giving it your complete attention. Like how hard is that? How hard is it to to like sit with your ukulele and be like, all right, I'm just going to stay on this one thing and try it for 10 minutes. You know, it's just so easy to kind of go this way, go that way. And um, yeah, it's just a real, but really to get that sort of like technique down, you need to be present and be there. So, yeah. What is actually your, your songwriting process then? Sort of technically, what does that look like? Uh, do you come up with a tune first? Do you come up with uh, words first? How does it work for you? I usually have like uh, either a chord progression or a melody to start from. So um, sometimes, you know, I'll have like, you know, just a, a little kind of um, melody in my head, like, you know, like, and then um, just kind of like, from there you know that usually is the spark for me that usually is like oh yeah i can do this i can add that um but it usually starts with a melodic idea and then i'll fit words to it or um that's kind of been the pathway the most kind of um common pathway but yeah sometimes now i try to break it up a bit try to change that the way that that works like if i've got you know a concept that I'm thinking about a lot then I'll sort of try and you know really sit in that concept like say flow like the song fire it's a song I wrote called fire and uh, it's kind of about uh, the first thing I had was the riff like I had this cool little ukulele um, riff that I really liked and then um, and then I sort of was like you know I really want to 
the, the space that I was in that I was feeling was, um, you know, like I want to kind of be inspired and I'm not at the moment. So, you know, mm. what can I do? So I was just kind of like sitting in that space trying to inspire myself and that's kind of how that all came out. So, yeah, I guess it, there's the spark, all you need is a tiny little just a tiny little bit and then it just kind of always develops from there how important is the ukulele in your music uh it is really important actually it's it's kind of become a real identity you know for my music and i haven't really been conscious i've been i've been playing for so long and Mm. i've always written songs on it and then you know like I tried a few songs when we recorded the album without the ukulele in it and you know although I'm I'm totally open to that and I love it it did definitely sound different you know not having the timbre <laughs> missing something and the sound together so uh you know yeah it it's it's something that'll always be with me and um even though I play other instruments it's just a it's just kind of comforts me and it's a real connection to my history and my childhood so yeah, and there's so many different types of ukes. Like, it's crazy, you know. Like, I've been playing a lot of the Tahitian ukulele, you know, those... Um, oh, yes. They're like eight strings and they got so, they sound more like a mandolin, but... And the and the, the style you play is pretty cool. Like, it's um real kind of more, um, you know, it's not so, like, lullaby or soft. You know, it's really quite... Um, yeah, it's quite an attack yeah that kind of instrument isn't it? huge attack and really fast <laughs> yeah. and it's like a real kind of like you know male sort of energy about it um yeah which is which is super interesting yeah uh you mentioned uh you got a baritone when you're in maui is that your preferred size of uke then yeah it is it is when i play live i play a lot of baritone it really fits with my voice i find and it's actually lucky like a um a lot of the guys i play with um, they play guitar and bass and they sort of it's easier for them to find out what's going on because I've got the same shapes as them but um, yeah just kind of for me it just fit my voice a bit better and um, yeah like you know I don't discriminate either I play them all but um, at the moment the baritone's getting a lot more love than some of the others <laughs> Do you uh, have a big collection? I do yeah I do actually um it's uh I've I've held off in recent times so I kind of yeah I haven't bought any new ukes for the, for a couple of years now so I've that's usually a, a bad thing well it's a good thing but it means that there's going to be a, a bit of an avalanche and I'm feeling it coming up yeah well <laughs> I, I like to kind of I always have a look around when I travel and um I got this old Martin 1960s ukulele I found in an op shop in Utah. Beautiful. which is really nice and um and then yeah like i'm really feeling like um yeah i want a really nice i i kind of just like the sound of like to hear the resonance you know i don't really yeah i'm not so um you know gear or wood focused you know i really envy that of, of people that that know have a lot of knowledge i'm like oh i wish i did you know um and so i probably will do, do a bit more learning in that in that realm um you know about the different woods and and where they come from and what they do um for me i just kind of sit there with the instrument and just try and get more of a connection with how it sounds i close my eyes and then if it's if it sounds amazing and it makes me feel good then i reckon 
that's a good that's kind of yeah that's how i go about it what do you think of this uh what has been termed but you may not know is kind of the, the third wave of ukulele you know the first one being in the tens and twenties and then with the advent of uh, radio and television in the 50s and 60s was the second wave and now because of the internet primarily we're in the third wave of you mm. uh what do you think of the the popularity of it now oh man it's amazing um it's you know every music store you go into now has a really extensive collection of you know and it didn't seem that long ago there was nothing you know like maybe two or three yeah i moved to, from south africa actually to sydney about 20 years ago and there was no one there wow. was one shop in sydney that uh, that sold you <laughs> wow that's and now amazing. it's just uh it's incredible yeah oh it's great you know I, th- I think it is a versatile instrument um you know i guess naturally you know there's always that kind of weird dark feeling of like oh you know there's just too many it's too popular now or like you know there's that uh, you know that little tiny inkling to sort of compare oh well you know i've been playing longer than you but i think ultimately it's it's a beautiful instrument that that should be shared because it does bring a lot of joy into the world and you know it is it's sort of there's some beautiful beautiful songs around that that you know depend on the on the uke and and so many cultures that that you know that use it and yeah it's uh like all in all i think it's amazing and it's great and um you know it's just refreshing now to kind of go anywhere in the world and be able to go somewhere and buy a good set of strings you know because <laughs> because uh, it's uh it can be a bit hard if you're on tour and you're out of strings and you're like you can't get them anywhere but now there's there's definitely not a problem yeah no absolutely and and i think as you say i mean people well I, we've both been playing for a long time and uh it is easy to get into that kind of dark place of oh no they're taking away the sort of specialness of it in a way but uh the thing is it's far outweighed by the the community spirit and and people just getting into the music for the first time i mean i do a lot of workshops and you know a lot of older people who may have been put off by nasty piano teachers in their youth or whatever and they're finally getting into music and and really enjoying it i guess it goes back to almost that samoan kind of feeling of community music yeah totally you're completely right yeah it is it's true how many um you know, at festivals, I run into elderly folk, and they've just like they go, "Yep, yeah, I um, I go to my ukulele class every week," and you know, it is is it is that sense of community, and um, yeah, I think you're bang on right there. Uh, you mentioned Xavier Rudd uh, before. How did you actually uh, meet him? Um, we met at a gig um, in northern new south wales and i was playing drums for another band and he was basically yeah he was just hanging there and we had some mutual friends and um yeah he just kind of you know i think it was at a time in his life he he was playing solo and he kind of was was looking for potential people to share music with and to jam with and um yeah and i just kind of popped up really and you know he's a real intuitive guy and he's just kind of you know, he's always done that in life, just sort of like, you know, thought things and just kind of had a, had a look around to see what's available. And yeah, we, we had a jam um, not long after we met and uh, for about 20 minutes. And then he just said, 
Cool, sounds good. Um, do you want to uh, let's do a gig? And the gig, the first gig I ever did with him was at um, Blues Fest, Byron Bay Blues Festival in Wow. Yeah, and it was on the main stage to like ten thousand people, and we just played for twenty minutes, and it was an hour set, so I had no idea. I was so unprepared, and I just yeah, it was a it was a pretty scary but awesome experience and uh and then yeah after that gig he said oh that was awesome let's go on tour and i basically went to america with him and that kind of started you know to i toured with him for five years and uh you know um yeah a couple of years ago i decided to uh to stop that to concentrate on my own music but you know we're still really close and um he's a real big supporter of my music and you know we've had some jams as well where i play ukulele and he plays um slide he's a really good wisenborn slide guitarist you know just kind of really getting into that hawaiian-esque sort of uh spirit and um yeah that's really fun uh fun to do so what's the what's the main difference then between a, a bobby alu tour and a xavier rudd tour uh well um xavier rudd's you know when i play music with him i don't yeah, it's 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 full drums, and I'm in support of his music, and uh, and I play ukulele on some of his songs. Um, but the Bobby Alu tour is, um, yeah, it's amazing how different it really is. You know, it's just like it's all, you know, my show and my music is um, is a real focus on, you know, on good vibe, and um, you know, I really try and make the room or the festival or the tent or whatever we're playing in, like really feel wholesome and feel good about themselves and about life. And, you know, that's a real kind of focus for me and my band. And yeah, it's, it's a real fun time and I really enjoy doing my shows and uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot coming up um, because of this new album. And uh, yeah, we just did one really great, tour in north queensland last week and one of the great shows was in coranda there's a uh just outside of Cairns. there's an amphitheater natural amphitheater so there's about yeah yeah it was just such a you know sun sun at sunset um and yeah we came on and started hitting into our you know polynesian style kind of upbeat but still cruisy and lots of harmony there's lots of singing in my band you know really sort of establishing that kind of polynesian community singing um in our sound and yeah it just kind of really came across well and uh it's great sunset music actually that's what i kind of you know yeah and uh yeah it's just you know for me i feel so lucky to do that and um i really feel like it's my purpose you know just to to spread that vibe around yeah fantastic uh what are the best and worst things about uh life on the road the best thing is uh exactly that like having you know music as a vessel to travel like uh, it's just incredible you know I, I really pinch myself a lot because I've been all over the world um and literally it's because of my my voice my ukulele and a log drum like that's those three things have taken me around and I feel so cherished and so lucky to to be able to do that so that for me is the best thing um the worst thing is uh, is not having a home. That sucks, <laughs> you know, like um, missing your friends and your family and your loved ones. Um, 
you know, for me, when you do travel and tour a lot, you meet, like, I meet thousands of people every week, but I don't know one of them, you know, like, it's not like a, there's not that connection or that history, and so that can kind of get pretty tiring, and, you know, there's, there's, there's something special about a community, and, you know, waking up in your own place, and, and just having a day to do nothing, and maybe maybe you go and hang out with some friends and just enjoying the area you're in. Um, I, I really have been so grateful for that when I'm when I'm home. I've just I just think it's incredible, and you just don't get that on tour. Uh, like you were saying before, uh, life can be quite overwhelming. Do you think it's uh, more difficult now to be a musician with social media and all the other sort of commitments that that brings? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I, I think um, musicians or artists are, are quite simple to start with. I think, you know, like basically what in my experience from conversations with a lot of my artist friends is like all they want to do is just do their art, you know, and not have to worry about all this other stuff. And, you know, like with social media, sure, it's brought like there's positives and negatives, like positively anyone in the world right at this moment can listen to my song if they know who I am, that, which is incredible platform. But the on the flip side, it's kind of like, you know, there's just so much information that it just kind of overwhelms you because there's just too much, too much stuff going on. So if you're an artist and you just love to sing about cats and that's all you want to do and then you go online and you see all this other stuff, you kind of like, you start to question whether, oh, maybe I should sing about cats and dogs and rats and pigs and elephants and you just go oh no I'll sing about rhinos and you just sort of like it just all gets a bit too much when really the reason why you got into it is because you just wanted to sing about cats so it's just kind of like you just get distracted so easily from what it is that you love and uh, I think that's really a real tough challenge for artists um, because yeah it's it's like all you all they should be doing is concentrating on the thing that they love to do and that that they do well but yeah, it just gets a bit distracting when you've got all this influence going on. It's uh, an evolving sort of landscape, isn't it, of, of how people listen to music and how people consume it. Uh, it's quite tricky. It is. It is really trippy. And, you know, I think, like, music for so many people, you know, if you're an artist that's that's trying to have a music career, it's like everyone's career is different and they all span different times and they all heighten at different times like it's you know there's people that have the long game where they're just a steady musician that works for maybe three or four or five decades and they just kind of like do their thing and then there's ones that just blow up for a week and then they're gone you know and so more and more it's really important for artists to just to do be on their path and do what they want to do and then that's the best way that their art can kind of you know manifest and can get out there so yeah it's it's pretty hard not to get distracted by um other people and do what other people say because you've got you know all this social media going on who then would you love to perform with is there any artist that you look up to hmm it's a good good question um i love i really love my community i love my mates that live around this area um you know, more and more as I get older, I really enjoy the history that we have together and, and playing together with them. But 
I guess I really love um I really love uh Bill Withers. He's the guy that's saying um ain't no sunshine and just the two of us and um he doesn't play music anymore apparently. Um but I think yeah, you know, he's been a long journey and I think he really got eaten up by the industry. Um there's a good documentary about him. Um I'd love to meet him. And uh and uh I love uh there's so much good music in New Zealand. Um I really love the way that uh Dallas sings the singer for Fat Freddy's Drop. He's got such a smooth, cool voice and his melodies are, are gorgeous and uh and he's got such a strong presence. Um you know, that'll be amazing to collab with him. Yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, I'm a real easy come, easy go kind of guy and uh, I really sort of love the random meetings, you know, of people you meet and uh, and then when the spark's there, it's kind of like, sweet, let's, let's write something together, let's do something together. So, yeah, I guess more of that for me, like I love the surprise, I love the that element of... Um, you know, maybe in the States in the next month, I'll come across someone that, you know, I really want to collab with. Um, yeah. Considering we're, we're all living on a huge island here, do you think mm. island music should be a bigger part of the Australian scene? Yeah, man, that's a that's a good point. Oh, I'm on your campaign for that, definitely. <laughs> um, the thing I love about island music is it's, a, it's you know, it puts people in a good mood and it, it, slows, it can slow you down, you know, which... I think uh, everyone could do with a bit of slowing down, um, for sure. Okay, well, uh, finally then, what what does a good day look like for you? Oh, man, great question. All right, a good day for me. Uh, okay, I wake up in my... Uh, just when I wake up, not, not from an alarm. And uh, in the background, some music will come on, uh, maybe like by this guy named Oliver Arnolds, which is like a, it's like this beautiful classical, but, but contemporary piano music. Um, and or some, um, or maybe, uh, you know, Paula Funga in, uh, from Hawaii, maybe her playing some ukulele and singing in the background. Um, and then I'd have, uh, fried rice for breakfast and, I go down to the beach and have a swim and a sit in the sun and a coffee with a couple of my mates and uh, then I'd play some music um, you know for a few hours and then I'd have a nap in the afternoon and then just as the sun's going down I'd have my afternoon beer you know real nice afternoon beer and then uh, take it from there either go out to party for the night or just stay in but yeah, I'd leave the night open just to see how it all feels after the beer. That sounds really good to me. <laughs> yep. Actually, it just uh, popped into my head. Have you ever uh, um, met or come across uh, an artist called Taimane Gardner no. from Hawaii? Is, no. Uh, oh, I'll send I'll send you a link. I would she's love a, uh, that. She's Hawaiian, but uh, her mum, I think, as well, is Samoan. Okay, cool. But she was born in Hawaii. But uh, incredible performer and. Uh, uh, great artist, so I'll, I'll send that on for you. I said finally before, but I think I think I was lying. Um, <laughs> do you have any advice for aspiring musicians or even just artists of any sort? Yeah, uh, well, from my experience, I would just say be yourself, totally, you know, and get a good pillow. 
Um, <laughs> sleep's important, especially on the road. But I think, yeah, with music, what really sets you apart from other people is that you are you. So I think that's a real big one. You know, it's um, there's there's always so much pull and push to to do something different. You know, you get inspired by someone, you're like, oh, maybe I could be that someone. But it's okay to be inspired by them. But I think you're the best at being you. And, you know, it took me a long time to kind of really get that for my music, you know, like, because I love so many other styles and, you know, but I think what I'm just really good at what I do. And um, when I'm comfortable in my skin and I feel good, then it just seems like the art that I produce is gratifying for me and other people get stuff out of it too. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for chatting with me, Bobby. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the good questions and um, good luck. And that was Mr. Bobby Alou, a great guy with a great message to just slow down, take it easy, and let life come to you. To end the episode, we have Bobby's latest single, Fire, from his forthcoming album, Flow, which will be available everywhere on October 18. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Ukulele Stories so you never miss an episode, and give us a rating if you're enjoying the show. Or, I guess, uh, even if you're not. Until next time, keep on strumming!